Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now to take a look at headlines investors will be paying attention to today. And for today, really, it's a look back on Friday. By the way, U.S. markets closed uh, for the extended Labor Day weekend, but we're still looking at those non-farm payroll numbers and trying to figure out what the Fed is going to do next. That's right. So this is one of the big data points that the Fed will be digesting as it hit into the next FOMC meeting later this month. And we got a rather Goldilocks set of data. And this is pretty much not too hot and also not too bad in a sense right in the middle when it comes to the sweet spot. And it shows 300 15,000 jobs added last month and mm-hmm. this is pretty much in line with expectations of 318,000 jobs. So by and large, a rather strong set of numbers showing that the labour market is resilient in the US. So that feeds into how the Federal Reserve is likely to continue on its path through hiking rates because the economy is still showing some signs of strength. Right. So, uh, you know, it still comes down to the debate on 75 or 50. That's going to continue. Let's talk a little bit about the unemployment rate that surprised economists. It's gone up 3.7% from 3.5% in July. And this is the part I'm trying to digest here. So wait, there are jobs available, Mm. but people are still unemployed. Yeah, it is a bit tricky when you read into the numbers, details of the labor market movements. So you have unemployment going up. That's like pointed out slightly 0.2% higher. So you might be thinking, hey, that's not a good sign. But you have to also look into the other details, which is showing more people going into the labor market. So we are seeing an uptick in the labor force participation rate. So that's up 60 to 62.4% from 62.1%. So you have that corresponding increase in people joining the market, which also feeds into the unemployment rate going up. So that is showing how more workers are going back into the labor market. And for some economists, they see that as a bright spot for how you are seeing a bit of a wider or expanded talent pool and we've heard how many companies have been struggling to find talent. So this in some way helps to uh, that extent. Okay. Continuing to look at the situation. So this as a backdrop is something that the Fed is going to look at in terms of getting uh, inflation under control and we're looking at inflation at its fastest pace in more than 40 years. Are there more data points that Mm. the Fed is going to continue to look at, you know, the next big thing that we're all going to watch out for? Because we've still got, what, two more weeks before we get that decision in September. Just about. So labor markets, one of them. Of course, housing is the other one. And we've seen that being an issue where um, it's pretty much going into a bit of a slump right now. And the next big data report will be the August CPI data. Mm. That's going to be out next week, the consumer price index numbers. So likely that will help determine how aggressive the Fed needs to be near term, the read on the consumer sentiment, and of course, how much People are paying everywhere at the supermarkets, at the gas pumps and whatnot. So that's going to be an important data point next week to watch out for. And for everyone else, the guessing game continues. Okay, talking about housing, uh, people in China look set to continue to be stuck in their homes in that sense. Mm. Uh, As China extends lockdowns in areas of Chengdu, um, more mass testing happening. And again, that's going to play up into this whole supply chain issue that we get so worried about. Uh, That's right, Elliot. It looks like it's playing out in Chengdu as well as Shenzhen. Let's start with Chengdu. So it is intensifying lockdowns and it's using 
a bit of a tiered system now. Um, so we are seeing, of course, this playing out in the past few weeks and a lot of people in Chengdu just bracing themselves for a repeat of what happened in Shanghai. They were supposed to be locked down for a few days and then it became a few weeks. Mm. So this is worth noting because Chengdu is home to many um, automakers as well as manufacturers as well. So it's going to be a potential disruptor for the supply chain in China and the rest of the world if things continue on this path. And then we turn to Shenzhen, which went into a lockdown over the weekend after it announced a new round of COVID-19 testing measures. And we are seeing mass testing across many more cities as well. So it's using a tiered system where it has three categories, low, medium, and high risk of infection. And in those low-risk scenarios, the city will be able to remove restrictions um, that have been in place for quite some time. And in areas where we have infections um, dubbed medium, uh, that is where you have, of course, things just tighten a bit more. Mm, and of mm. course, you have all the way up to high. So it's trying to calibrate it in some sense. And in some uh, fashion, it is maybe taking a few steps away from that tough COVID zero strategy by just adding more nuances and right. more, um, I guess, tears to how it tries to manage COVID-19. No, I'm thinking the Shenzhen one might be a little bit, I mean, you did mention last week that Chengdu's got like, what, 21 million, mm-hmm. but uh, you don't put it at the same level as Shanghai, naturally. But I got a feeling the Shenzhen one might be a little bit more of a problem when you consider how close it is to Hong Kong. And a lot of people from Hong Kong tend to go up to Shenzhen, you know, it takes you, what, 60 minutes to get there or something like that? Yeah, of course, uh, Shenzhen also a big tech hub for mm-hmm. many Chinese companies. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's continue our look at China. East China is suspending ferries as uh, a typhoon uh, is approaching. It's Typhoon Hinamo, and this is being dubbed the most destructive typhoon, at least by South Korea. So they are bracing for this typhoon to possibly bring more rainfall right. and everything that comes along with the typhoon. I think even schools out, right? Schools out. So, so far, I've seen uh, many places in China, um, for example, Shanghai, suspending ferry services. In Japan, you've got the likes of Okinawa suspending flights. And of course, Korea just pretty much trying to shut down as much as it can to mm. brace itself for this typhoon. So business is likely to get a bit of a, a hit when it comes to the next few days. Um, so that's going to be one to watch out for as we watch out for typhoon Hinamore, mm, the strongest mm. global storm of this year as it's being described. Wow. Yeah, it is typhoon season. So you can expect, I believe, even Taiwan to be uh, affected as well. Well, is it really typhoon season? Might be a little bit early for typhoon season, but then climate change, I, I guess. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Appreciate it. Um, make sure you stay tuned for our calendar of the day and number of the day segments. Uh, it's something to do with the United Kingdom. Of course, all that coming up a little bit later on on the show. And Ryan returns at 735 with a finance update. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.